What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. Got a fun show for you today. In just a little bit, Nate Duncan, host of the Dunked On podcast and Hollinger and Duncan right here on this network, is going to join us to talk Trailblazers and his view from outside of the outside of the Portland bubble. But first, let's talk about a little bit of news before we bring Nate Duncan on. The Blazers have added a 14th man to the roster, signing veteran forward Rondé Hollis Jefferson to a minimum deal for the remainder of the season, according to Shams Trani of The Athletic. Blazers have not made this uh, move official. They have not officially announced it by the time I'm recording this. But I think Rondé Hollis Jefferson helps. Let's talk a little bit about it. I think um, there's there's a couple reasons it helps. One, Derek Jones Jr. missed Saturday's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder with a quad injury that was coming off the heels after playing just 11 minutes against the Bucks while uh, dealing with that same injury. He sustained the injury the uh, following week against the Miami Heat, and he had kind of been playing through it for four games. If I mean, you could watch uh, DJ kind of just labor around. Like it's, it's pretty clear that he was um, that he was having that, that he wasn't 100. percent But it's, it's that time of year where everyone's got little nicks and bruises, so it wasn't clearly this is just something that he could play through for a little bit. But it caught up with him, so he did not play against OKC. Nazir Little slid into his spot, and I think that's what happens moving forward. Is that Nazir Little plays those backup. Uh, back up three minutes, three, four, whatever you want to call it, Derek Jones Jr., back up forward minutes. But Ronnie Hollis Jefferson does provide some insurance over that. Shout out to listener Cameron who asked, are the Blazers going to sign a veteran power forward? And I said, I don't know. That's not what I would do. Well, it's what Neil Olshay wanted to do, signing Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, who the Blazers actually drafted in 2015 before trading him to Brooklyn on a draft day trade that brought in Mason Plumley and Pat Connaughton. Uh, most recently, uh, Ronnie Hulse Jefferson was on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I thought he might start for the Timberwolves, and then he got cut during training camp so that they could get under the luxury tax line. That's that's certainly something you could do. But I guess for them, um, a, a veteran, even though Hulse Jefferson is not uh, not particularly old, he's 26 years old, but a veteran is sort of not, not what they wanted. They'd rather play Jaden McDaniels and Nas Reed. But Prior to joining the Timberwolves, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson spent the 2019-2020 season with the Toronto Raptors. That was after four years with the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets. Um, he's he's not much of an offensive player. I mean, in, in Toronto, uh, seven points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 1.8 assists, shot uh, 47% from the floor, and a cool 13% from three, a career low. Um <laughs> Not not great. He's not much of a he's not much of an offensive player, but he is a versatile um he's a versatile player. Like he can I think he can he even played a lot of small ball five for the Raptors. I think he can guard like two through five pretty easily. Certainly three through five. Um and not every single center, obviously, because some people will bully him, but he's he's versatile enough to switch those middle positions. Um he can handle the ball a little bit. He plays hard, he rebounds. Like I think he's a nice fit. In terms of like sort of guys who could sign off the street, Ryan Hollis Jefferson's probably the most obvious sort of like this dude is an NBA player and d- belongs in the league. I mean, there's a reason he wasn't in the NBA. He's not sort of this high-level contributor, but certainly is sort of like like, um, if you're just sort of picking from the scrap heap, this is this is one of the better options. I like this move. Also, kind of fits Neil's um, Neil's uh, it's mo of of you know he initially drafted this guy and he revisits them. He kind of he likes what he likes, even five years later. Uh, 
I, I don't know if Hollis Jefferson will play. That's why I opened with the Derek Jones Jr. and Azir Little stuff. That's there's there is if Derek Jones is healthy, that's his spot. And while Derek Jones is out of the lineup, I believe that spot belongs to Nazir Little. Um, this is it. It seems to be more likely that. Ronnie Hall Jefferson is insurance. I mean, that's why you add a 14th guy to the roster spot. He's not likely to play. Maybe we'll see some cameos here and there. But uh, in general, I think Rondé functions as insurance. Nazir Little is the backup, and it's Derek Jones Jr.'s spot off the bench to to claim that space. I know that Terry Stotts is a little bit coy about what he would do with with Norman Powell once everyone was healthy and all that. But I think the starting lineup is is set and the and the nine man rotation is set. And right now, if everyone were healthy, Nazir Little and Rondé Hollis Jefferson would both find themselves outside of the uh outside of the everyday rotation. That said, you can never it doesn't hurt, particularly on this team, to have more versatile forwards. Um you know, it'd be it'd be great if people were <laughs> guys were better on offense right like more complete players would be better but uh, I think Ronnie Hollis Jefferson in terms of like could he help options is high on the list he can't hurt um, he, he seems like he'll be he seems like it'll be an interesting addition and I'd love to see him get some playing time to see what he could do um, that said Derek Jones takes on a huge responsibility defensively he has guarded the highest usage players on the other team uh, pretty much all season long it's a position that Norman Powell like can take for a little bit, but isn't he doesn't have the length to play against everyone. Um, you know, Derek, Derek Jones doesn't match up perfectly against every high usage forward in the league because of just his size, but he, that's his role and that's his spot. So he's not going to lose it to a guy off the street. That said, if there is sort of like a guy who could soak up like, hey, we need you to go guard someone type of type of role, like we just need you to come in there and try to lock someone down, Rondé certainly could fit that bill, I think, better than Nazir Little. Um it's like I said, I don't I don't think he plays, but he seems to slide into that role that, hey, we need some Derek Jones insurance really, really well. So overall, I think I, it's a good signing. I like it. I think it's it'll be interesting. Um, and we'll we will remain to be, remains to be seen when exactly Rondé will join the team and what he'll contribute once he's there. But this is classic Neil doing what he does. He's, he's the man is a wonderful bargain shopper and he did it again. You don't want to see that fool in grocery outlet. He'll be he'll be racking up the deals. All right, in the second segment, Nate Duncan is going to join us, the host of Dunked On and the Hollander and Duncan podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and to share his insights, what he's seen from the Blazers so far this season. But before we get there, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA games every night, NHL games every night, Major League Baseball is here. And if you don't want to bet on sports, Bet Online has you covered for awards and reality television. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They've also got news and scores in real time too. So it's just the best way to place your bets. And it's also free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is LOCKEDON and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you already get podcasts. And joining us now, the host of Dunked On Basketball podcast and Hollinger and Duncan right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, none other than Nate Duncan himself. How you doing, Nate? Hey, great to be on, Mike. How you doing? Oh, you know, can't complain. Can't complain. It's it, all things are good here in, in beautiful North Portland. 
Um, <laughs> so I want to have you on here just for just kind of a Blazers state of the union. So let's let's start super broad. What have you lately? What have you seen from the Blazers? What are just sort of your big picture thoughts? Yeah, I think Norm Paul has fit in pretty well mm-hmm. offensively. Him starting over Derek Jones is probably a defensive downgrade, which the defense wasn't that amazing to begin with. And you know, I'm not sure. I think the jury's still out on whether Powell is going to be an upgrade on Gary Trent in the end. He does some things better. To me, he does some things worse. And what their contracts end up being, the, the age, all that you know, kind of could go either way for me. But I mean, they've had these unbelievable performances in close games, and they're sitting pretty and now could very easily get into a 4-5. And I think other than... I would give them a puncher's chance of beating anybody other than the two LA teams uh, at full strength. Yeah. I, I I'm kind of with you on that. I think, you know, you start to, when you, when you get a little bit deeper, you start to think like, you know, they just need to play the nuggets because the nuggets can't guard guards or don't look like they can guard guards right now. Um, but that's, we're, you know, 24 games away from worrying about seeding. But if we're, if we're looking ahead on the sort of the preferred Portland playoff matchup, I think that's the one, like, I think that's it, but um, that might be, might be getting a little, you know, cart before the horse on that one. Yeah. Get, getting into the four or five, that seeding race, the last, week or two of the season when you see whether LeBron and AD are back you see where the Clippers are between everyone trying to get their preferred matchup and it seems like the Jazz are gonna be one for sure but other than that it seems very fluid so the you'd think the Lakers will be trying to avoid the Clippers the Clippers will be trying to avoid the Lakers but you also have these other teams. Denver is on a roll right now Phoenix is looking really good yep and so I imagine teams will be trying to match up with either Denver or Phoenix, but that's one of those, be careful what you wish for as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll avoid this one good team to play another good team. It's not, it doesn't always end great. Um, you know, the Blazers once famously tried to lose a game and, um, and failed in game 82 and it like, it set them up for a Western conference finals run. So, um, even, even your best laid seating plans don't always work out. Well, yeah, that was, I still will never understand why they tried to win that game against the Kings in 2019. I was like, why don't why don't you want to be in the, in the uh, in this bracket? Like they were like trying to avoid Oklahoma City. I'm like, Oklahoma City is an amazing matchup for you guys. What are you doing? But uh, the best laid plans failed, and then they got to the West Finals. As yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 even what you do in the final week might not even work out for you. Um, you mentioned Norman Powell. What um, what do you like about what you've seen from him so far? Um, just like his fit alongside uh, this group. And then we can talk sort of contract and future stuff. Yeah. So I, I think pretty much the standard stuff, he gives you a more decisive driver yep. and decision maker. Generally, he only makes one decision <laughs> and that's that's to shoot the ball but that's what they need uh, on this team and it, you can kind of bring them off some screens on the weak side their their flare screen game now really kind of having a third option for that definitely i think really helps when it's him cj and damon there and to give them a, a second perimeter scoring option when one of those guys is on the bench i, I think is really important and when dame Miller gets double teamed as well to have someone who can put pressure on the rim, off the dribble in a way mm-hmm. that CJ McCollum is not necessarily going to do, uh, I think it is really useful, but they just, they got real small. Uh, I mean, and yeah, if you're going to play 
Gary Trent Jr. at that position, then maybe it's a, a little bit different. It seems like uh, particularly because of the investment they've made in Powell and hoping to re-sign him that, you know, they're never going to play Derek Jones Jr. over him when it matters anymore. And maybe there's, there's reasons for that. Jones Jr. is really can't shoot at all. But uh, it's you also wonder of just, you know, how they're going to stop anybody uh, at this point. And, you know, that's even against conventional teams. Then, then when you get into teams where, you know, that have a, a center who can space it out and Nurkic is, uh, is going to struggle a little bit or Cantor is going to struggle, then, then you're really into difficulty. So may, maybe the thought is we're just going to lean into this and outscore guys and, and make them pay when they do what the Lakers did last year and, and try to take it out of Dame's hands. Yeah, I I think they're just going to they just kind of assess their options and said this gets us better on offense in the near term and let's just lean into our strengths. And I kind of think it won't matter during the regular season. Like I don't I think I agree with you Norm House like I I see him. I know how tall he is. Um uh so yeah, he's I, got he's got the long arm. I think he's got like a 6'9, six, 6'10 six, wingspan. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like and, six, he's 6'3 six, in person, right? Like Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um but he's like you said, offers that rim pressure that they didn't have. Um, if you look at CJ McCollum's finishing numbers, he's just not going to the rim anymore. He's he's sort of he's uh, traded in that diet of long twos for threes and hasn't um, added any rim attempts yet yeah. uh, to the, to the arsenal. But I think the rim pressure matters, and I think during the regular season, Norm's size doesn't matter as much. It will matter when you get to the. It might matter this week when they play the Clippers on Tuesday, but. Um, it won't, I don't think it, I don't think it'll show up as much in these final 24 games. I think it matters a bunch in the playoffs when, when you're going to play the high level wings and you're going to have teams scheme against specifically the size and hunt those matchups and all those things. So I think, I think that's a real concern. Uh, but it seems like they did trade away a younger, similar player to, to get this near-term upgrade. And you would assume that it means they're going to give Norman Powell a whole bunch of money this, this off season. Uh, we talked about this previously and on your podcast that the, uh, the shooting guard market's drying up a little bit. So Norm's going to be near the top of the list for, uh, for shooting guards. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so here. Let me go through my rankings uh, real quick, get, get that, that sheet open, but it's certainly unrestricted. Right shooting guards uh you know you've got here, here are some of the names norm powell victor oladipo evan fournier josh richardson you know, among guys who are kind of in their primes who are right. gonna you think are gonna get some sizable multi-year contracts that's probably who you have maybe will barton if he opts out it would fall into that category as well you know then you've kind of those are really the starting level of unrestricted guys danny green is in that too he's a little older and then there's some good restricted free agents out there like the aforementioned gary trent and uh josh hart duncan robinson kendrick nunn so yeah i mean you would have to say uh, i think evan fournier is significantly better than norman powell uh they're pretty similar ages powell is 28 uh but i think some teams might prefer Powell to Fournier and Oladipo hasn't played that well. So he may well be at the top of that list, at least for many teams. So that probably puts him in that 20 million annually ballpark somewhere in that range. What would you think of, um, of a contract? I mean, the Blazers kind of have to pay him because it's, <laughs> I don't know how they add talent otherwise, but what would you, what would you make of a deal sort of in that ballpark? Yeah, so uh, the Blazers, as of now, take off. Uh, we assume they'll guarantee Nurkic yeah. 
yeah 12 million last year or for next year seven players under contract and that puts them with a, a pretty much right at the salary cap so they would have a, a little over 20 million uh below the tax and you know, they've, they've also got uh, the stretch of Andrew Nicholson <laughs> still on the books. A, a legend, I think, for two more seasons. What a guy. Yeah, for, for a, another couple of years. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, – but they still have to fill out a roster. That's only seven players. Derek James right. Jr. could opt out. You know, if, if he opts in, then – so, yeah, I mean, you're probably looking at paying the tax uh, with Norman Powell and you got – uh, Lillard's new uh, Supermax extension kicking in. That's uh, going to be a, a big part of this as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, to me, he's just, he's not really a three. And that's that's what they need. And they obviously tried to find that with Covington right. and with Derek Jones Jr. And we'll see whether he's back or not. But to me, Powell is just, he's just not quite what they need. We've talked about how they need to get better defensively. And maybe they felt like, hey, we tried that with Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington, and we're just, we're not, we're not good enough defensively. So now we need to lean into the offense a little bit more, particularly in the playoffs. But at 28, Powell is pretty reliant on athleticism. He's probably pretty decent money. This will be the best year of his career. So yeah, if that, if you're talking about four years, 80 million for him, that's, I think they, you could get a reasonable facsimile of that for less, but you're also, you know, if you sign Tim Hardaway Jr. rather than Norm Powell, is that really that much of a downgrade? Right, right. So I, I don't know. It's uh, I was not a huge fan of the trade. What did you think of the trade at the time? We we haven't talked about this at all. Yeah, um, I I liked it just in theory because I thought it make I think it makes them better now. Like Norm, Norm Powell's a better basketball player today than Gary Trent Jr. Um, it, it Rodney Hood was like a salary throw, and he was playing a lot for them, but he wasn't. He was bad this year. Um, so I, I think like in the near term over these next 30 games, I like it because it's, it makes them better. And you kind of just have to maximize their talent with what, what they have right now. Like they need to be as good as they can be. Uh, you just, they just, uh, they don't sort of, they don't have the luxury of saying like, well, you know, in two years, if we do this and that with Gary, we'll be there. Like if he wasn't ready to sort of take that next step and he was, didn't provide that sort of, uh, other creator, then, then it was a problem. But, but the, I mean, the basic calculation, like, can you play? these guys together can this it's with everything with the blazers is can this dude play next to damon cj and with norman powell the answer is like maybe and i think that's that's yeah. the issue here it's like and that and that also complicates and i've talked about this a bunch on the pod is like that complicates the the salary question it's like if he can play next to damon cj great let's let's you know give him a whole bunch of cash but if he can't then it really it changes the equation a bunch yeah i love him playing next to dame or cj yeah, and he's looked and, his best in those. Like offensively, he seems most comfortable playing yeah. off of those two, one with one on the court. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think, and you think? Do you think Powell is better defensively than uh, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, this year? Because Gary was bad um, this particular yeah. season. I think. I think in the like as recently as this fall, <laughs> I think Gary might take steps forward there. Yeah. I also think he might be better in. Uh, Nick Nurse's more aggressive um, scheme than he was in this sort of conservative scheme, where the things he he kind of naturally wanted to do took him out of scheme or got him into got him into bad spots. But like a scrambling rotation type defense, uh, like I got like the several looks they have in Toronto, I think might fit Gary better. Like I I I think 
I think Gary Trent has a has a path to be a better basketball player than um, than Norman Powell. But it's just like when does he when does he hit that, and where the Blazers going to give him seventeen million dollars a year to find out? Yeah, and I, it seems like pretty clearly they were intimidated by his salary expectations. Presumably, they offered him close to the max extension that he could get, uh, which would have been you know four years, fifty three or so. And he turned it down, and that's part of why this deal was. Yeah, there's there's some conflicting reports on whether he turned it down or whether he just said, I'm not going to negotiate. <laughs> he said, I know what yeah, my it, max it's, is. Yeah, I'm not going to negotiate. It seemed like know that was my, it, yeah. Yeah, I know what my max is, and I'm not, I know that I'll make, I'm just going to go ahead and make that money this summer. So let's talk again in June. So, yeah, uh, it's, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that. Certainly you sign with Rich Paul and you enter restricted free agency. Um, everyone knows what, what people are after, um, particularly after the year that Gary was having. He's a really good shooter. He's coveted skill set, all those things. Let's take a quick break and come back and talk about the Blazers' small ball unit and other sort of playoff implications for this team. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is the best tasting protein bar ever comes in 18 amazing flavors including six new ones caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp as well as the winner of the built bar bracket coconut brownie chunk that's a champion bar right there an absolute winner coconut brownie chunk i told y'all they were going to win and they took home the prize all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They got that candy bar-like texture. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high in fiber. They're just, they taste good. They're good for you. Go get yourself some of these. To do that, make sure you use that new promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. It's the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com right now and shop for the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything you need from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. You name it, they got it. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks. All of it will be delivered directly to your door. And the clicks couldn't be easier because their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and then you'll be able to choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And the price is the best part because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and while you're there, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. And you're still listening to Locked On Blazers. And we're still chatting here with Nate Duncan, host of Dunked On and Hollinger and Duncan right here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. Basketball wise, I think you kind of touched on this a little bit is the sort of like Norm replaces uh, Derek Jones and he's he's hurt. So we're not probably not going to see him in the in the upcoming game. He's got a quad injury. So we won't kind of know this until further down the line. But 
The Blazers have gone away from the traditional center, despite employing two pretty good traditional centers in the roster um, down the stretch and gone with late in games with a small look. Um, obviously, more teams are doing that in the in the uh, playoffs. What do you what have you made of sort of the Robert Covington at center looks? And I think that is a way that maybe you can get both Derek Jones and Robert Covington on the floor. Yeah, if it's going to be Jones, Covington, Powell, when you go with Carmelo there, which they've done a lot. It's gonna, it seems like look. it might be Carmelo there, unfortunately. Yeah, th- then you really start to wonder uh, of just how you're going to stop anybody. But uh, And the Blazers, to me, those small looks have never really worked out, even going back to the Aminu and Harkless days. Yeah, those looks have never really worked. Now, part of the reason that they haven't worked is because they were going up against the Warriors with Green at center a lot of times, and exactly. nobody was going to beat those units anyway. But you know, they don't. They seem to just the switching, the connectedness that they need never really seemed to be there mm-hmm. in those groups. And they always, the only time that they've had defensive success during this time frame has really been when Yusuf Nurkic has been an intimidator. Exactly. at the rim and playing off of that and then you know using the math all the stuff that we used to talk about for these guys that you know frankly doesn't seem to work anymore uh which it used to where you could just say all right we're gonna make these guys take a bunch of mid-rangers and uh, both because uh, i think teams are those mid-rangers are even more open than ever before and because they're not actually really forcing teams into those nearly as much as they used to be able to and teams have kind of gotten smarter about attacking those drop coverages they just haven't, they've been searching. They haven't been able to find anything. And so you, you feel like, Hey, if Terry Stotts, you know, Scott Brooks did this some last year too, where you're just like, Hey, we're not going to stop anybody no matter what we do. So let's just lean into it here. And, um, you know, the other thing that I would love to see more of, and maybe Powell gives them this coming from Toronto Covington at center is they could actually run a little bit, which this team just has never really done. Yeah. So that might be another thing where they could get some easy points. They just don't really do that. A mark of Damian lower teams is not, is, is not transition. They are, that's not what they do um, for, for puzzling reasons. Maybe sometimes not enough ball handlers, but it, they, it's never been, his teams have never been that type of group. Maybe because him and CJ aren't really sort of downhill threats in transition that in the same way that other guys are, but that it's it's never been something they could do. But they do have the athletes in theory with with DJ and Robert Covington and uh, and Norm to get out and do it. Yeah, and you'd like to see Lillard the same way that Steph Curry does leverage the threat of his three-pointer in transition to open up right. some rim runs uh, for guys uh, like Derek Jones Jr. for sure. Do you think you do you think you can play drop in the league? Like, do you think this is do you think drop covers the way you know so shooting off the dribble is becoming a universal skill or a universal sort of attempt for guys? Do you think you can play drop? Do you think we're going to see the end of it in the next you know two three years? Well, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks had one of the greatest defenses of all time relative to the league just last year by right. playing drop coverage during the regular season. Now they had two unbelievable rim protectors on the floor basically at all times with the Lopez twins and Giannis. So, and they had the defensive play of the year. So I think certainly during the regular season, I think you can, sure. but you just got to have the personnel. You got to have probably that second rim protector. You got to have guys who can really compete and get over screens as well. You got to have that Eric Bledsoe, Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton this year, Drew Holiday, although the Bucks are, switching up a little bit more defensively than just doing the drop this year, but you got to have guys who are are really good at getting over screens. And then you got to have guys who are impossible to score on 
at the rim where you can actually put pressure on those mid rangers and those floaters a little bit. You know, you can't just let guys walk into that over and over again. And now, and that's talking about the regular season. If you want to actually win games beyond maybe the first round of the playoffs, uh, no, I don't. I you can play drop, but you better have some other options available. I mean, and you know, Portland saw that in 2019 against the Warriors, and even without Kevin Durant and. Uh, you know, you probably can't play drop against Dame Lillard either, right? You, yeah, exactly. You, you can, there are yeah. certain guys you absolutely cannot. Um, Steph Curry among, among them has has sent the Blazers yeah. home from several playoffs. But I mean, I think Dame had a he was on JJ Reddick's podcast last summer, and he's like, I don't understand drop coverage, and I was like, Well, against you, Dame, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So if you're really trying to get to, and again, this has been the the discussion for the Blazers for the past six years of how do they really get into true championship contention and with the guards that they have, and then you kind of need a center and and now you're, it, you can't get to that elite level. Not only can you not get to that elite level, but you can't get to the level of versatility that's needed a, a lot of times to really get up there. But, you know, if you're going against say a Denver or a Phoenix, a, a team like that, you know, I don't think either of those teams are like, Oh man, we can't, play drop coverage against these guys you know obviously Nikola Jokic and Devin Booker caused their own problems right but uh you know you're not you're not like oh man we the only way to stop these guys is to switch or to get out on the floor or to have Anthony Davis or something like that so those teams that's why I give the Blazers a fighting chance in those because I think that you know if Dame gets hot and CJ gets hot they can score with anybody and uh Phoenix and Denver aren't going to just like totally change what they do defensively right and yeah and the Blazers have shown in their going 21 and 7 in clutch games I think I think playing 28 games that were within five points of final five minutes is actually the real red flag here but um they've shown that if they're in a in a close game that they have particularly with Dame and, and to some extent CJ who beat the Raptors the other night um kind of on his own was they have enough sort of individual creation that if it's a one possession game that they're they're comfortable in those in those spots because they have guys that can just go get it uh the problem for them against the best teams have been getting to those close games so they just um they have they have not stayed close enough to uh sort of you lean on their strength of clutch magic yeah you know I, the other thing to me is we talk about just the overall limitations of the roster and those are always going to be there but nurk and cj missed a bunch of time yep and Nurk had some moments in the bubble, but he kind of ran out of gas. He, to me, and you, you watch more closely than me, but would you agree that he hasn't really gotten back to the level he was in 2019 yeah, before not the injury close. at any point? Not close. I mean, he's, he, he shows these flashes, but he just, he hasn't been consistent. I thought even Friday against the Bucks, like a real good test. He just, they put him on Giannis and it was um, not great. Uh, to say the least, uh, he just well, he maybe, maybe maybe they'll make a miss one shot the next time they match up. Yeah, it's like don't don't reach on this guy. Just contest. Uh, it's there's a lot going on. Um, yeah, maybe one shot. I guess we'll start there. Seventeen of eighteen or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he's there yet. Um, he had a really slow start to the season. It seemed like he was either not in shape or maybe just not mentally there. From I think a, a lot of personal stuff in this off season and a quick turnaround yeah. kind of kind of yeah. His, his his grandmother he lost his grandmother to COVID nineteen. Yeah, and then he he went also right? back yeah. to Bosnia after after she passed for some other um un, un unspecified personal issues. So I think he had I think he had um 
I think the the start to the year was tough and then he missed 10 weeks with injury. So yeah, I don't think he's just not there yet. Um, Nurk hasn't finished a lot of seasons for the Blazers. Uh, he finished the Pelican season, but that was their low point as over the last seven years. And uh, he finished the bubble season. But like you said, it was that was coming off two years of, or a year and a half of, of missing time. So I think they're excited to have him healthy at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, I, I like, he's still working his way back. He, um, he, he's a better, he's, he's the answer to a lot of their questions, right? Like he can pass, he's a much better passer than Cantor allows both guards to play off the ball and then kind of leverage his spacing with a, the big out of the paint or leverage his playmaking, not really his spacing. He shoots threes, but he shouldn't. Um, it's so, yeah, like he's the answer. He just hasn't been, he has not been, he hasn't looked like himself to me. Yeah, and I thought CJ, although he's had some moments, uh, to me, he looks a little bit heavier than when uh, he got hurt. And yeah, I mean, that's understandable because he, he had this, he couldn't play basketball for this two foot issue. Yeah, but it's, uh, it, that's been a little bit concerning. I mean, he was playing at, you know, close to a, a you know, a first team all NBA type of level for those first 13 games before he got hurt. Uh, but uh, he's really struggled since then. He's kind of fallen back down to the level that he, that he's been at uh, shooting more three of those you mentioned, but right. not getting there. And I, I just thought he was struggling to create that separation in the mid range in some of his ISOs at times. Um, but hopefully that will happen where he plays himself into a little bit better shape, but obviously, you know, you'd say, Hey, CJ and Nurk are back. We're going to go on a run here. Uh, but those guys, to me, have to play better than they've played so far uh, in March. Uh, yeah, if, I mean, it's if just, the Blazers are going to win a playoff series. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's to the 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 math is simple. It's like they just got to get more out of those guys. I don't know if if CJ can get back to that level he started the season at. Like that was. Yeah, I mean, that was unsustainable. That was insane. yeah, like he was fantastic, but something. Um, something above something in between that and where he's right now, um, just, or even just more consistent, more consistent play. Like he's had, you know, he has a big game and then he's had some stinkers. So, um, somewhere to just, just get back towards that consistency. I don't, it's probably unfair to think that he'll shoot. I think he was shooting like 51% from three on 11 attempts a game. Um, that might be a little generous, but yeah, like up there, like he, he can play better. I think that's, that's without a doubt. Um, in my mind, this, this team is sort of, um, there's like a clear top six if you want to throw the way Dallas has been playing in there and the Blazers are in that clear top six. I don't really know what to do with the Lakers, but they have LeBron and AD. And so when they're back there in, in that group, but along with Phoenix, Denver, Utah um, and the LA teams, is that is that fair? Do you think they're kind of that that's the sort of Western Conference group and then there's a big drop off? Yeah, and, and we'll see how far the Lakers fall and when AD and LeBron are actually able to come back and how motivated the Lakers are to avoid the plan. But it seems like the Lakers are headed for six or seven, uh, depending on, on how well Dallas is able to play. Um, and so the Blazers, I mean, you would think, I, I'm kind of torn on them because obviously they've been so good in close games. You can't expect that to continue. Uh, I mean, it could, but you shouldn't price that in. But they also have a bunch of guys back who, you know, some of those bench units were really killing them right. without Nurk and CJ. Even if those guys aren't playing at an elite level, they still give competence in areas where that wasn't really available. So, you know, I would expect the Blazers to kind of continue playing at about the same level that they've played. If you there's some regression in close games, but they're also getting healthier just in terms of wins and losses. Right. And, yeah, so I think they should be right in that. I, I think the four seed is probably too much to ask for, but five, six – type of range 
possibly seven. That That is a, about where I see them, at least a, in the regular season here. Yeah, I, I think they could push for home court advantage. Like, I don't I don't think um, – to me, four isn't outside of their ceiling just based on where every, everyone else is bunched up. But uh, the they're not – they're not so – there's no – there's no guaranteeing they're kind of um, – their continued sort of luck in those close games because call it what it is. But, uh, yeah, they're not any – they're not head and shoulders better than any of those teams where you're just like, well, if, they, if they're healthy, they're going to, you know – cruise past Denver or whatever it is. They're not, they're not there. And this week, I think we'll learn a lot. They play, they, they haven't been good against winning teams. Um, they just, they haven't, they have not had success against teams who are, have better records than them. And they play the, the Clippers and the jazz this week. So I think uh, by this time, Friday, we'll have a better view of like, you know, where do they stack up in, in the, in the race with 20 some games left, 22 games left in the regular season. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what it would look like uh, against the Jazz. Although the chances of them matching up against the Jazz, at least in the first round, are minimal. Maybe that could happen in the second round. Yeah, I think I would think they would struggle to get to home court. I mean, they are. I guess they're only a, a game. Yeah, they're right there. The Nuggets right now. They're right there. Sorry, it's just the Nuggets look better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the Nuggets are. Or look, I mean, they had a little bit of a struggle against Orlando. Everyone seems to struggle against this Orlando team for some reason. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they've looked awesome since uh, the Gordon trade. And, uh, you know, I, I would expect that they're going to outplay the Blazers uh, going forward here. But, eh, you never know uh, on that one. I mean, 538 projects that the Blazers are going to finish five games behind the Nuggets, even though they're only one game behind. Right now, interestingly, they have a 538 has them as the seven seed. Hmm. They've got a six-game cushion on the uh, the eight through ten, and they are but right right in there about, about a two-game uh, bracket with the Lakers and Mavs, and I mean the Lakers are impossible to predict at yeah, this point th- in time. They're they're unknowable. I, I I did a Western Conference tiers, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know where to put the Lakers because in you know it, healthy, this is the best team in the NBA, and but right now. I'm not 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 much a believer in the uh, Schroeder Kuzma two man game. <laughs> well, I I'm going to assume that AD and LeBron will be back by the playoffs and playing well uh, for now. Uh, but you know, if we go another month and those guys aren't back and playing well, then uh, obviously I would reassess that. But it's kind of like you just don't. There's no way to price in the health aspect right now, right. and you just don't know. So it's just you might as well just assume that everyone's going to be healthy. And then when you really get into a situation where you know, okay, these guys are not going to be ready, then you can adjust that as that's kind of my philosophy. Sure. The funniest possible scenario is the jazz win 70% of their games and just blow everyone out. And then they have to play LeBron and AT in the first round of the playoffs. Um, absolutely. The funniest scenario is like, congratulations. You, oh, had yeah. a, you, you really got it all together. You had this great year and here are the champs. Welcome. Yeah, well, the Lakers would have to be if they finish sixth or below, they would be only the and they make it to the finals. They would be only the third team to ever do that. The '95 Rockets and the '99 Knicks are the only ones. Uh, so a, a lockout year, team era. a lockout year, and a team that traded for a Hall of Famer at midseason. Yeah, not a not a lot of not a lot of people in that group. <laughs> uh, um, Nate, Nate, thanks so much yeah. for joining us. It was it was a ton of fun. Um, if people are looking for more of you, where can they find it? Yeah, just uh, follow me on Twitter at Nate Duncan NBA. We've got our subscription podcast, Danny LaRue and I dunked on Prime. That's five days a week ad free. And then we also have one public podcast per week that drops on Sunday nights. And I do that pod with Hollinger, Hollinger and Duncan 
here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. This is this is the OG of daily podcasting. So uh, we're happy to have Nate who perfected <laughs> who perfected the medium here on our oh that, version. How of can you say podcast. that on the Locked On Podcast Network? Oh David yeah, sorry, Locke David. Perfected David, the medium, David. Of David, daily NBA podcasting. David, if you're listening, what I meant to say was Nate followed in the footsteps of one of the great broadcasters in the NBA, no, David. Locke. Th- that's true, actually. By the way, I, yeah, I no, I totally mean, was... ripped off his idea, but just did it for the full NBA instead of just the Jazz. Exactly, he, and he, uh, also did it uh, three times the amount of length that that he does it for every. Yeah, episode. you you guys go deep. We're we're more of a bite bite size bite size as opposed to the uh, <laughs> as opposed to the the overnight uh, deep dives of of Danny and Nate. Nate, thanks again for joining us. It was it was a ton of fun. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, my pleasure, Mike. A little bit of housekeeping stuff here. Uh, mailbag's going to be pushed, that, pushed back this week. We're going to record it on Wednesday. So if you haven't got your questions in or you're just looking for the show, like where is it? It's coming Wednesday. Uh, to get your questions in, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter or LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the way the address works. Just timing-wise with interviews and stuff, Wednesday was the day this week. <laughs> I'll still probably call it Mailbag Monday, but it's going to be a Mailbag Wednesday. So check your feeds for that one. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. It'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.